0: You're killing me, Smalls. This is Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network. You're killing me, Smalls. Hey, this is Chris Heck, president of the 76ers. I just want to say, you're killing me, Smalls. Hey, this is former Sixer Tar Hill, George Lynch. Smalls, you're killing me. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. well apparently i'm killing a lot of people hi everybody this is mike small and welcome to the Killing me Smalls podcast a new season a new format and a great new guest ladies and gentlemen announcing rick Eucher. you all know him if you're a basketball fan you've seen him for years on platforms such as espn such as uh, xm radio i've seen him on with fighting with skip bayless You hear his podcast on the ball. He's got a great new book out that he worked with Brian Grant about early onset Parkinson's disease, and is somebody that I've interacted for a long time, a previous Killing Me Smalls podcast guest. Rick, welcome back to the
1: show. Thank you, thank you. Great intro there, Smalls. I got to give you got to give you a lot of credit. That that was that was a nice setup. Got a lot, not bad, right? A lot of big big names there. I am honored to be here.
0: This is a big deal. You are joining a bunch of big deal guests, so uh, thanks for coming. So, hey, listen, uh, the last time you were on, we were joking about this before the show, the last time you were on was the day after the Sixers acquired Al Horford and Josh Richardson. I was all jacked up about it, and I'm letting you do a victory lap because you thought it was a bad idea, so... Congratulations on being right there. You've been right. Yeah. A few times, well. Guess, thank huh? you.
1: Thank you. Uh, uh, no. I'm. 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 A lot of these guys come on gonna...
0: these shows. Right. A lot of these people only talk about when they're right. I'm. I'm starting it off talking about where I was wrong.
1: Well, and good on you for doing that. I. But again. I also know that it's easy, how easy it is to be wrong when you're projecting or you're speculating on what's going to happen. So uh, I don't take victory laps. I just keep it moving because it, it balances out. If you're going to take a victory lap, then as you've noted, then then you better be acknowledging uh, the ones that you miss. And so Absolutely. I just figure it's all part of it. I, again, honestly, my my feeling is is that we're you know we're not in the prognosticating business. We're not Clio. Uh, I want if I if I'm going to make a case for something, if I'm going to tell you why I like something or don't like something, the the true measure is does what I'm saying make sense? Is it logical? Is it something that's understandable? Because there's a lot of things that happen, as you know, that either that can't be foreseen. Like there are elements that we base a yay or nay on a move that uh, that change the outcome that weren't readily uh, available or that we weren't aware of when we made that call on whether it was going to work or not. I just, you know, if I remember our conversation correctly, it was, you know, Al Horford was going to bring leadership and a sort of maturity to to the locker room and to the team, and and I just knew that. You know, for everything that he'd done in Atlanta and Boston, that's not the kind of personality he had. And it wasn't going to be big enough to sway Joel Embiid or or Ben Simmons uh, in that locker room. So that's why I went the direction yeah. I did. And that was a lot of money for an old guy. Let's face it. they yeah. he, he physically fell off the cliff. Um once I still, he got I still think he's
0: got a little something in him. I'll bet, he, I'll bet he's okay this year in Boston. I don't know if he's going to be all-star all star Al Horford, but yeah. the other thing that you said that was dead on was 30 seconds left in the game, down by two, you traded Jimmy Butler. Who's going to take the shot? Yeah. And we still don't have an answer for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And that that is the conundrum. And especially, well, now we'll find out where it goes because – Um, Not not only do you not have that go-to guy, and the the feeling was right that Tobias Harris could potentially step into that role, Mm -hmm. but you also don't have a guy that you can put the ball in his hands and he's going to create. Like we could go back and forth as to whether LeBron James is actually that go-to guy, like he's going to score, he's going to get you the bucket. Um, I, I, he can, Mm -hmm. but. What I feel comfortable about is having the ball in LeBron's hands at the end of the game because whether he gets the bucket or not, he's going to get somebody a shot. He may right. not take it, but he's going to get somebody a shot. And the Sixers are are sharp, short in that department as well as of right now.
0: Well, the thought was that Ben Simmons was going to get somebody the shot and Joel Embiid might take it. Right. Joel Embiid has been incredible, but he has not been a great go-to down the stretch. Although, I mean, he's had some games like that. Yep. But he, I would say in the playoffs, he probably wore down at the end of the games. And yep. the other issue that I would say is when you have a point guard that can't shoot or won't shoot, then Joel Embiid had to come up towards the top of the key to receive the entry pass. That's a lot to put on a 7-foot, 280-pound guy. To to create from there. If you're getting it to him down low, that's one thing. You couldn't right. get it to him down low because everybody left Simmons.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's it's once you have to get the ball that high for a big, it it's now he needs time to get down to the block or to get into his shot. And that is why generally your go-to guys on championship caliber teams are guards or perimeter guys, guys who can bring the ball up and get right into something if it's available. And I, what was most shocking to me is the way they used Ben Simmons in the playoffs this past year, which was essentially, we're not even going to have you – we're going to have you bring the ball up and then we're going to have you hand it to Seth Curry. Ryan. The two-man game of Seth Curry and Joel Embiid became the go-to for Doc Rivers, with a little bit of Tobias Harris sprinkled in. And Seth, Car- Seth Curry, for a guy who's been on three different teams in the last three years, uh, did an admirable job. I think he averaged 18 over the course of the uh, of the playoffs and shot well, but he's not. If you're talking championship. Uh, you know, as, as good of a shooter as Seth is, I don't see him being the guy that's going to take you there. And so it's, it's just, I don't know, Mike, when I step back and I look at like all of the excitement over the process and getting Ben Simmons and getting Joel Embiid, and maybe this sticks with me because I heard from so many Sixers fans when I was, not co-signing the process. And I wasn't looking at like, okay, so you you lost for four years and now you got these pieces and now a championship is guaranteed you. This is the whole problem is that the talent that you got is talent for sure, but the pieces have to fit and they have to be able to fill certain roles in order to get you there. And I just never saw that in... Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and any number, Michael Carter Williams. And we could go through a little a list of New Orleans Noel, the list of players that were acquired yeah. as a result of that. It was like, but you have to make it make sense. And that's where Sam Hinckley, that one, he never got a chance to no. demonstrate that. But two, it, like, he, he had never shown a proficiency to do that. So this expectation that you could just play fantasy basketball and get a bunch of t- piece, talented pieces and put them together and they were going to win a championship, that that's that works in rotisserie basketball, fantasy basketball. It doesn't work in real life basketball. And that, to me, has yeah. always been the missing element.
0: The, the only pushback I'll give you on that, because you can't argue it right now <laughs> the way it looks, but the pushback that I would give you there is you had said earlier that you can't prognosticate unforeseen circumstances. Right. Who would have ever guessed Markel Fultz would stop shooting or forget how to shoot or choose not to shoot or whatever that injury was or when his, between his ears or yep. between his shoulders would happen? Yep. Who would have ever guessed that Ben Simmons would shoot less every year instead of more every year and you know have a complete meltdown because he was mm-hmm. afraid to go to the free throw line? I mean, those two things alone – you might be talking about a, a whole different situation.
1: You um, maybe, but look, I, I I I believe wholeheartedly that, and I and I look at guys when I look at their resumes from high school, from from college. Did they play in meaningful games? Did they lead their teams to championships? If you're an nba caliber athlete you should be in the state finals in your you know depending on the state but at some point you should be leading your team certainly to city championships you should be you should be winning at other levels and what always concerned me about both ben and markel is if you look at their college careers for as talented as they were they're, they didn't take their, t- their college teams anywhere. Like They were really talented, yeah. but, they didn't, but they didn't lead you anywhere. So if, if they're not leading a, a collegiate program, how am I supposed to expect that they're going to lead an NBA program? And that's really what you're asking them to do, is I'm going to gather this group of guys, and I'm going to find a way to, to figure it out and they just had never demonstrated that aptitude and not to say that every guy has to win a you know an NCAA title in order to lead or you know the flip side could be Carmelo Anthony did and Carmelo Anthony never demonstrated that he was he was a leader of that kind at the NBA level right yeah but more likely than not when i look at guys that have that but you Steph Curry and what he did with Davidson, like guys who it's not just making an NCAA tourney run. Could you, cause you can get screwed up on that too. You can, you can, yeah. um, Joe, what's his name that Milwaukee took had a, like a nice NCAA tourney run and, uh, and, and they made him a lottery pick and, and he was a bust. So it's not, it's not foolproof, but I, I, I do look at like what scouts are saying about a guy's leadership qualities at lower levels and whether we can expect that they're going to be leaders at the pro level.
0: No, I, I don't, I don't disagree that that should be a factor for sure. I want to transition real quick into Ben Simmons. Cause that's, that's the talk of the day, the week, the sure. month, the year. So, uh, we all know what happened against Atlanta, a, a flat out meltdown. I think that's fair to say. We know what happened when Joel Embiid wasn't complimentary about his, his teammate in, uh, and actually said that was where the, the game turned in Game 7. Doc Rivers was asked if Ben Simmons could be a championship point guard. He said, I don't know. Apparently, Ben Simmons was very offended by that comment. Um, and, ever since, and, and the news of the day this week rep, uh, reported by Tom Moore, friend of the podcast from the Bucks County Courier-Times, says that the Sixers are fully anticipating Ben Simmons to come back. They're not going to trade him. Um, He's going to be a part of the 21-22 team, as uh, reported yesterday. I'm going to guess that you agree that this is just posturing because they haven't gotten what they wanted yet? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I for sure. Now, I will say, when it comes to, are you going to take a guy's money if he doesn't show up? Like the money factor will, will sometimes for prompt a guy to show up. Um, doesn't want to lose that money.
0: It's not as much money as we thought. I, Brian Windhurst had reported the other day that he's going to get, I think a third or half of it before the season starts. And you're talking about a couple million dollars for missing training camp, which is, uh, right. Like, you know, two cups of coffee for me. Yep. So, um, probably a, you know, a a couple of steak dinners for you. Yeah. No, uh,
1: (laughs) the, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, each guy is different about whether they, there's, there's guys that they don't want to lose a dime. They, they, they're upset when they have to pay, you know, a tech, the, the, the fine for getting a technical. Um, I don't know where Ben Simmons is in that, in that camp in terms of, of how closely he, he manages his, his money. I, I would just be surprised. I'd I'd be shocked, quite honestly, if he showed up for training camp. I would too. And this is the the added difficulty for where the Sixers are. The Eastern Conference is going to be uber competitive. Yes, the Sixers had the best record in the conference last year. The expectation would be, or the expectation has been created, that they should be among the top two or three. Milwaukee Bucks are going to be better. Brooklyn Nets are going to be better. Miami Heat. Could ostensibly be better. So Chicago, Chicago is is in the, better. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of teams that are going to be better. I, I still see Philadelphia being in the top three, four teams in the league. But when you come into camp, and one of your central players is not there, and you're trying to move him and you don't have whatever pieces you're hoping to get back for him, like, so he's not there, but you don't have the pieces that you anticipate you're going to get to replace him or in, in, in exchange for him, that, that's, that's getting off on the wrong foot in what's going to be a very competitive Eastern conference. So as much as the Sixers can posture and say, you know, everything's fine. And, You know, we expect him to be here and he's going to play. If he doesn't show up, that changes everything. And I just cannot believe that they want to get to that point, that they want to run the risk of training camp opening and Ben Simmons is not there. And now that becomes the center point of all conversation, not just in the media, but honestly with the team.
0: No, I agree with you. Sorry to interrupt. I, I heard an interesting theory yesterday that kind of resonates with me a little bit. If in fact, the development of Tyrese Maxey is such that they can play pretty competitively with him at the point and you're running the rest of the thing back. Doesn't that in fact buy you time to make Simmons sit and wait for Bradley Beal or, somebody else to become available
1: yeah or is that
0: fool's gold in your opinion
1: yes i i mean i like tyrese maxey the other part is he's kind of in this mix too he's represented by the clutch agency and and there's been innuendo that he wants out or clutch agency wants him out so that they did that, deny
0: that the next day, but I don't yeah, ever know what clutch is doing. So you're right.
1: Yeah, it's 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 problematic. And and here, here's 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 the other part is simply the players are going to be asked. Look, for however they feel about Ben Simmons, we can look at it from the outside and say, Hey, it, it was a meltdown, it's a disappointment, let's move on. Like they're guys in the locker room who care about Ben. And at some point they start to look at it and they start to look at management and they start to look at doc. And they're like, what are we doing here? Like, that's a big part. He's been a big part of our team. You're just going to push him to the side and say, we're just going to move forward. And we're, we're going to have him dangling out there. Like every player looks at how every other player is treated and thinks, that could be me, and so I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as easy as the whole locker room just washing their hands yeah. of Ben Simmons if he's not there and Tyrese is here and it's next man up. It's not like football to me is different. The NFL is different because uh, it is. It is a next man up mentality, and it's and it's bred into the game because there's so many injuries you just have to approach it that way. And if you're not ready to go next, they can just cut you. Like they <laughs> If if this was the Eagles with Ben Simmons, worst comes to worst, they just cut him. They we don't owe you yeah. anything. Like we're moving no. on, right? And no, I
0: think it might be less about that if the, the it took so much to get that asset. That was the 10-win season, right? Yeah. And to just give them, I mean, you had Uh, actually it was funny when you listen to a podcast, you want to feel emotion, right? And you made me mad on Tuesday when you suggested John wall for Ben Simmons. And then the next day it says that John wall is going to get traded. And I started thinking, Oh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But if you're going to give up what you took so much time and effort and energy for John wall, you know what I mean? So you have to really think about that.
1: Hey, I said in that podcast You know, not knowing that the the report was going to come out on John Wall, but I saw it. You called it. You called it inevitable. Yeah, I mean, look, John Wall doesn't want to be with the rebuilding Houston Rockets team, and quite honestly, with the talent that the Rockets have, there's no point in them keeping John Wall. So it made it made a ton of sense, and and yet, John, like I don't know why people look at John Wall and think that he's, it's, I mean, his contract is big, but he's he is. He remains a very talented, uh, capable point guard. And 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 in many ways answers a lot of the things that Ben is not. And so yeah. here's the difficulty with what and I and I feel like this is where 76ers fans and fans in general get in trouble. Is they're like, no, hell no, we can't give him up for that. And it's at how much damage are you going to do to your current situation versus just taking what you can get and moving on? You can hang on and say, I'm going to hang on until I get what I want until I get, you may never get, uh, you know, what you think is market value for that player. Sometimes you just have to cut your losses. Sometimes it's, It is addition by subtraction. Because here's the thing. If you're right, like if Tyrese Maxey is capable of running the team and moving you along, then you would rather have whatever you're going to get for Ben or know that and move forward and then incorporate it as opposed to Tyrese Maxey's running the show, but we really don't know what we're going to get for Ben and we're still dealing with this whole issue over here. It, yeah. it just apparently Daryl, it just Daryl Morey doesn't
0: care about that stuff. It, the, the word is Daryl Morey doesn't, which, is not a big culture guy. He's got to win trade.
1: And, and, and which, again, I mean, you know, Sam Hincky is basically the son of Daryl Morey. Yeah. And so, like, not paying attention to chemistry, not paying attention to culture. Like, you, when you look at the Houston Rockets, and what they did and they didn't do. Yes, they were immensely talented. Yes, they had some some success, although it took them a long time to get there. Uh, and then ultimately, it wasn't the kind of chemistry, culture, and success that was expected right. for the talent that they had.
0: If you're a Sixer fan, you started the summer thinking Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Darren Fox. Yeah. And to land on John Wall would be tough. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, but it does make sense. Rick, I know I promised I'd get you out of here at the bottom of the hour. Anything you want to plug?
1: Uh, no, you did it for me. The podcast, On the Ball.
0: I'm on the Ball. Rick
1: Buker, uh, The Brian Grant book, Rebound. Awesome book. And uh, thank you. And um, you can see me on FS1. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm Either an NBA, NBA analyst or a co-host on that show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern. There you go. Have you
0: ever really wanted to get in a fight with Skip Bayless? You get asked that question a lot.
1: Oh, often. no. No, actually, okay. Skip <laughs> Skip is... No, no. Uh, and, and, and it's... Uh, like, look, Skip, Skip knows how it works. Skip knows oh, how it works yeah. and, has, and has built himself a an amazing career on yes. understanding how this works. So I am not an anti-Skip guy at all. We don't, I sometimes shake my head. Um, <laughs> we don't always agree, but I completely understand why he's doing what he's doing. And I will say this for anybody out there. Skip genuinely believes in what he says. Like, he's not. If you think he's doing that just to be argumentative, uh, you're wrong. He, like,
0: now that's surprising. right or
1: wrong, he genuinely believes. Now, he will go to the wall once he has decided this is what I believe. He doesn't like being wishy washy. He doesn't like. No. That, being called a flip-flopper would probably be the worst thing that you could ever say to Skip. So I think sometimes he will drive that that train over the cliff just rather than go in another direction. But in terms of where he starts and what he believes, I will tell you, he genuinely believes it.
0: Rick, last thing before five seconds or less, prognosticate for me. Is Simmons on the team when Camp... Ends oh, and the season starts, and yes. where do you think he is? If he I have
1: oh, no idea where he's going to wind up, I I'm going to say I will say since I will answer the question. Yes, I, I think he will he will be someplace else before camp ends, and I'll say it's the Houston Rockets. I'll say it's the John Wall ah, deal simply because I don't John have well. a better one to offer you.
0: I'm going to pick Sacramento, but we'll uh we'll figure that out another day, yeah, Rick. Okay. I'm feeling it. I, you can't go with with those three guards. You're gonna and just expect the the same, uh, the same thing, doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different result. If I'm in Sacramento, I'm shaking it up, and they're gonna have to give up Halliburton or Fox. One or the other is gonna get it done, in my opinion. But you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Okay. We yeah. we hey. will. I I I love Halliburton, but I could potentially see the Kings. I'm I'm coming around to the idea. That with De'Aaron already there, they they very well could believe. Hey, Halliburton's good, but if we can get Ben Simmons, if we can get a player like Ben Simmons to put next to De'Aaron Fox, uh, it might just be worth it.
0: That's my guess. That's my prediction. I'm wrong a lot, but Rick, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining the Killing Me Smalls podcast. Everybody can follow me at Real Mike Small, and we will have another one next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks again. Hey, it's Justin Grasso from Sports Illustrated. You're killing me, Smalls. Enjoy the podcast.